What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome to the Autumn Wind Podcast, coming to you here after a 16-6 road victory at the Cleveland Browns. It wasn't the prettiest, and it was ugly at times, but guess what? The Raiders walk away from an East Coast trip with a win. We're in early November, and the Las Vegas Raiders are in the thick of the wild card race in the AFC, which is always a good place to be. Buckle up, folks. We have it all covered here on the Autumn Wind Podcast. Let's jump right into this thing. Ladies and gentlemen, the Las Vegas Raiders are sitting at 4-3 and three in November. It's always a good feeling when you're above 500, and it's an even better feeling knowing that the Raiders have not fallen below 500 all season. After a 2-0 start, they certainly never look back. It wasn't the prettiest. It was definitely wet and ugly at times, but the Las Vegas Raiders walk away from Cleveland with a 16-6 victory that wasn't textbook particularly on offense, but guess what? When you outscore your opponent, when the clock hits zero, you walk away with a dub, and that's certainly what the Raiders did on the road. It's really interesting because this game, quite honestly, was different than every other game we've played so far. We've kind of gotten used to these West Coast shootouts, but this was the exact opposite, quite frankly. A low-scoring, ugly defensive game. If you watch the game, you can see how ugly the weather was from the snow to the to the hail and it was it was muddy and wet and windy and the, the wind was swirling. The kickers had a hard time kind of pinpointing what direction the wind was going in. And you kind of knew that going in that it was going to be an ugly one. But guess what? That's always been a formula for disaster, quite frankly, for the Raiders in the past. Not only was it an East Coast trip, it was also a cold game, and that generally was not a recipe for success for the Raiders in the past. And that wasn't a success for our quarterback for the last seven seasons and Derek Carr. But guess what? I've been critical of him. A lot of people have been critical of him, particularly going into the season. But he's answered to a lot of that criticism. And I think he's done that already through seven games. You talk about winning on the road at Kansas City. He did that this year. Talk about winning an East Coast trip where the weather is 40 degrees or lower. He did that against a 5-2 and two Browns team, right? We all criticize him, myself included, for not taking deep shots. But, hey, he's been doing it. Even in the rough weather yesterday, he took a deep shot at Ruggs. They missed it, of course. But quite consistently, he's been doing that. And that's something that we've all gotten on him for being way too conservative. But he's been cutting it loose a little bit. And that shows with the record, and it shows with his numbers. And the thing that surprised me the most yesterday was Derek Carr was using his feet. Yeah, you heard me correctly. Derek Carr was using his feet. In fact, he rushed for 41 yards, which was the most he's ever run for in a win. Some of them were designed. He had an RPO, or more uh, rather a zone read, where he took off off the right side. I think it was in the fourth quarter. And a pretty big run. And he had other ones that were off script, where uh, you know he showed off his athleticism. And if you see Carr in a vacuum, he's a pretty athletic guy. He just doesn't play like it all the time, but he certainly did that yesterday. And I talked about it with every guest that I've had on this podcast in the offseason. At the end of the day, this team is going to go as far as Carr takes them. And I'm not saying he's Tom Brady or Russell Wilson, but he's decent. He's a decent quarterback, but he's playing better than that this year. When you look at the numbers yesterday, the stats weren't eye-popping, and... You really can't expect it to be when 
the weather was as bad as it was. He's 15 to 24, 112 yards and a touchdown. But on the year, his numbers are pretty impressive. And even more importantly, the Raiders have a winning record. But looking at Carr's numbers on the season, 14 touchdowns, that's 11th in the league, to two interceptions, that's tied for second. Now, mind you, Derek Carr has played every snap on offense for the Raiders in seven games. He's second in the league with only two interceptions. QBR, he's top 10. He's at eighth with a 77.5 QBR. Completion percentage, he's fourth in the league at 71.1. And then yards, he's 18th. He hasn't had the big yards, but pretty much everywhere else from a quarterback standpoint, he's done everything you can ask of him. And you have to give credit where credit is due. I talked about it, as I mentioned earlier, with a lot of guests here on the Autumn Win Podcast over the summer and in the spring. But Derek Carr, he's answering the bell. He's answering the bell. The defense has not been very good. The O-line's been banged up. But in year three of the Gruden offense, Derek Carr is in full command. The defense probably had their best game of the year yesterday. Now, mind you, it was a very rough weather game against the Cleveland Browns, but you have to take it. It was the first time all year the Raiders' defense did not allow a single touchdown, right? Six points, two field goals, that's it. And what I talked about going into the game as a key factor was the turnover battle, one in which the Raiders were third worst in the league going into this game in terms of the turnover ratio, and the Browns were one of the best teams in the league. But guess what? The Raiders did not turn the ball over at all yesterday. And Nick Kwiatkowski forced a fumble on the Browns. So the Raiders won the turnover battle. Have to give them a lot of credit. Baker Mayfield, for all intents and purposes, was pretty ineffective yesterday. 12 of 25 with 122 yards. He did not have a touchdown. Although Landry dropped one. That was pretty point blank. And he had a couple drops all, all, all across the, uh, the offense. I'm not ready to crown Paul Gunther or this defense as having completely turned it around. Because the Browns shot themselves in the foot multiple times yesterday. And you knew it was going to be just an ugly game by default. But I'll take it. We saw some things to get excited about. And there has not been a whole lot to get excited about on defense. But one guy I'm pretty pumped up about is Nick Kwiatkowski. It seems like when this guy's in the lineup, he gets everybody lined up. The miscommunications are much more minimal. And he's always making a big play, especially in the wins. You saw he had some big hits at Kansas City. He had that forced fumble yesterday, and he almost had an interception. This guy is worth every penny right now, and I'm really excited to have him on this defense. The heart and soul of our defense, in my opinion, who was dearly missed against the Bucks, is Jonathan Abram. The guy is crazy. He's wacky. He has a couple screws loose. But is that, is that not the classic Raider defender when you think of a Jack Tatum and guys like that? He's out there headhunting, and I love it. I love the swagger. I love the confidence, and I love the aggression. I mean, the guy plays at a speed unlike anybody else on the field, and I think he's played that way essentially every time he stepped on the field as a Raider. And then another guy I'm excited about, ironically, you didn't hear his name called really at all yesterday, and that's a good thing for a cornerback. That's Trayvon Mullen. I talked about it with Andre Ramirez the other day. Trayvon Mullen's having a really good year. But imagine how much of a better year he would have if we had a pass rush. Which takes me to the next topic. The pass rush was still non-existent yesterday. did not have a sack. 
Only one quarterback hit, which was from Chris Smith, who was called up from the practice squad. But let's focus on the positive, right? This is a post-win podcast, so let's just keep it positive. One surprising positive to me was LaMarcus Joyner. He had back-to-back pass breakups late into the game, into the end zone, that forced the Browns to attempt a field goal that they ultimately missed. Interestingly enough, Joyner was lined up at safety both plays, which I've been clamoring for him to play safety. It's what he did with the LA Rams. For some reason, Gunther and Gruden love him as a nickel corner where I think he struggled. But he played well, and he made some key plays down the stretch yesterday to help seal the game. If you follow me on Twitter, at AutumnWinPod, you would have seen I talked about Josh Jacobs leading up to the game. I tweeted on Saturday, if the Raiders want to win in an ugly and wet game on the road, Josh Jacobs needs 20-plus carries. And guess what? He actually had 31 carries for 128 yards, averaging 4.1 yards per carry. Josh Jacobs looked like his old self. If you watched the All-22 of the Bucks game on a short week, the O-line got dominated up front. I don't think it was a, a, a problem with Jacobs. I just think the O-line really struggled against the Buccaneers, but they bounced back in a big way. With a big shout-out to Denzel Good. Heck, shout-out to Brandon Parker stepping in. Gruden said he was waking, waking up that morning, supposed to be inactive. He ended up playing right tackle most of the game and, and really played well for the most part. And the O-line as an entirety yesterday helped clear the way for Josh Jacobs, and it was nice to see number 28 bounce back and look like his old self. An unsung hero yesterday and really all season is the backup to Josh Jacobs. Yeah, that's Devontae Booker. Yesterday he had five carries, 29 yards, averaging 5.8 yards per carry. But quite honestly, those weren't even his biggest contributions in the game. He had a 17-yard screen pass on third and 18 to help set up a fourth and one where Alec Ingold converted the fourth and one. And that drive ultimately led to a field goal. And he also recovered a Derek Carr fumble in the red zone. In in fact, I think it was inside the five-yard line. Now, that drive ultimately turned into a goal line stand where we settled for a field goal. But talk about being ready when your number is called and being in the right place at the right time. That was Devontae Booker yesterday. It's a big tip of the cap to him. At halftime at the Autumn Wind Pod, you saw me tweet, the Raiders are dominating this game, but are only up three. Time of possession, plays, first downs. But guess what? They continued to do the same in the second half, except they came away with a touchdown to Hunter Renfro, which decidedly was a difference in the game. Time of possession for the entire game. Raiders, 37 minutes. Cleveland, 22 minutes. Plays. The Raiders ran 71 plays to the Browns, 47 plays on offense. First downs, the Raiders had 24 first downs. The Browns had 14 first downs. Third down conversions, and I think this was arguably one of the biggest stats of the whole game. The Raiders were 8 of 14 on third down, which gives them 57%, to the Browns that were 3 of 10 on third down. Now, Njoku had a big drop on third down where he beat Littleton. Should have had it, but guess what? You got to give their defense some credit. 3 of 10 on, on, on third down is big time when you look at how you evaluate a defense. And that's awesome. And on fourth down, the Raiders converted converted two fourth downs, both of which were on the same drive. So there's really a lot to be excited about. When you ask me, Mike, what can we improve upon when we look at the film? I think the red zone offense has to be better. That was something that plagued us 
in 2019, and yesterday we were just one of four in the red zone. The goal line stand was frustrating. You want to walk away with seven when you're on, on the one-yard line. And the rugs, quite honestly, I thought it was a touchdown for all intents and purposes. But at the end of the day, the Raiders were one of four in the red zone. You have to be better because that game could have really been a blowout if the Raiders walked away with touchdowns instead of field goals. But there's a lot to be excited about looking forward. You know, Trent Brown had a, a scare leading up to their pregame. And if you followed the Autumn One podcast all the way through, I have not been very critical of Trent Brown. A lot of Raider fans have been. I have not. Why? Because he's valuable to this football team. And a lot of people were quick to judgment on him being ruled out of the game, and it turned out to be a very, very serious medical scare to no fault of his own. So it's just a harsh reminder to everybody, don't jump the gun so quick on Twitter until you have all the facts. But hopefully we get big Trent Brown next week back at the Chargers. John Gruden sounded optimistic that Damon Arnett could be back, and that's a, that's a big win because Nevin Lawson has been picked on in his absence. And hopefully we get Brian Edwards back. He's a rookie out of South Carolina that really looks like he could be a, a real football player for us when he's healthy. So next week, we play the 2-5 and five Chargers in L.A., which is our second home. In fact, we are 4-3 and three after a very tough start to the season in terms of the schedule, but it gets easier. We have nine games left. Six of those games are against teams under 500. So really, there, there's no excuses for this Raiders team. And quite honestly, I love the mentality of them. They seem very poised. They don't get rattled, and they don't get too high. And I think that should be very encouraging going into the rest of this year. And after we play the Chargers next week, we'll play the 3-4 and four Denver Broncos at home. And then to wrap up the last quarter of the year, we have three out of four games at home. We are in control of our own destiny. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, we've had some injuries, but guess what? Everybody else has too. Yes, John Gruden, it was a virtual offseason, but guess what? It was that way for 31 other teams. There are no excuses. As we sit here today in the wild card race in the AFC, remember, it's an expanded playoff system with seven teams, not six. The Raiders are eighth, just a hair outside of the playoff spot, that last playoff spot. Who are the teams in front of us for the wild card spots? It's a great question. You have Baltimore at the fifth seed, sitting at five and two. Indianapolis, number six, they're at five and two. But guess what? We play them next this year later in the season. Cleveland, who has the final playoff spot right now, but guess what? We own the tiebreaker over them. And then the team that we're tied with at four and three is Miami, and we also play them later in the year. So you talk about a close AFC wildcard race. The Raiders control their own destiny. We have the tiebreaker over Cleveland. We play the Colts and we play the Dolphins in a very tight AFC wildcard race. The Raiders need to continue to handle business. What did I talk about in the beginning of the season, actually prior to the season? This is going to be a very run and tight end oriented offense. And you saw that yesterday. I know Waller didn't have the big numbers. He had a drop. But you see that he's a big part of the offense. Old man Jason Winton had a couple key catches for first downs. And, of course, the bell cow running back, B great 28, Josh Jacobs, is our guy and will continue to be the guy, but that has to be the formula. Ball control offense, time of possession, plays, first downs, playing ahead of the sticks, and the defense just needs to give us enough. I don't need this to be a top-five defense. This offense is good enough to compensate for some of those deficiencies, but we can't be bottom-five either. And if, we, if yesterday was indicative of anything to come, 
there is certainly a lot to be looking forward to if you're a Raider fan. That's a wrap for this week's edition of the Auto Win Podcast. If you've been rocking with me since day one, I want to give you a huge shout out and thank you for all the support along the way. If today is your first time tuning in, welcome to the show. If you haven't already, please subscribe at your favorite streaming platform as we are available everywhere. And we are also on Twitter and Instagram under the same handle, at Autumn Wind Pod. I hope everybody's safe. I hope everybody's doing well. And at 4-3, and three, as usual, just win, baby. Take care, everybody.